Welcome to Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman. And in today's episode, I am delighted to be joined by Neil Edwards for Act One of our two-part conversation. Now, in this first act, Neil describes growing up on the island of New Providence in the Bahamas, where he enjoyed the freedom to roam, to explore, to learn, and as he puts it, to just be. Neil shares the story of competing in the Carifta Games as a winning junior athlete and the rich moving experience of representing his country. And and he describes being on the podium and having an experience of awareness and consciousness presenting themselves to him. It's a fascinating description. He goes on to discuss some of the lessons that he learned from the gift of receiving, of gratitude, of thanksgiving, and he touches on, among other things, the lies we tell ourselves and offers some rich reminders that we belong in ways that transcend ourselves. There's a lot to this. Just a quick reminder, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service. And let's get to the conversation here in Act One with Neil Edwards. Enjoy. Neil Edwards, I am delighted to welcome you to Mojo for the Modern Man. Mojo. Thank you, Ken. Happy to be here. Thank you. So what was it like growing up in your part of the world? My part of the world. Uh, my part of the world is an island in the Commonwealth of the Bahamas called New Providence. Uh, many people may know it as Nassau, Bahamas. That's actually a city on a small island. So one in the same because the island is seven by 21 miles at its widest and longest points just off of the southeast coast of Florida. What was it like? Um, you know, what, what comes to mind now for me in retrospect is uh, freedom. Mm. You know, um, I, had, I had a lot of freedom and a lot of space to wander. Uh, to 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 wander with with an A, and to wander with an O, mm. both, um, and it was a real it was a real privilege, and I think some of it has to do with the time you know that I grew up in in you know it was you know seventies and eighties, minor, growing up, where I think generally in the islands and many parts of the United States kids growing up just had more freedom to roam and explore. And another part of it had to do with the fact that I was on an island and there were beaches and, you know, there were, there were, there were things to explore, you know, um, and, and both of those things offered me uh, a certain freedom. Um, and, and, the, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person with, with brown skin, and I'll come back to that in a second. But I, I grew up in a country where most of the people had brown skin. So I had the freedom of being a majority. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what it was like for me. And it was very playful. It was a lot of adventure. 
you know, I got the, the world taught me, you know, when you walk out to some beach somewhere through the bushes and you find an old boat, rickety boat, wooden boat, you know, old Boston whaler, it's not yours. You don't know who it belongs to, but it's just kind of tied up there. And, um, you were at your friends and you take it out and you go rowing out into, you know, into the blue and you don't know, you don't really think about whether or not you're going to get back or too much about the weather. You know, you're with your friends and, you know, you could die, but we weren't thinking about that. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it really, you know, it taught a lot of things, camaraderie safety and numbers, trust, really understanding your environment, you know, um, communication, you know, connection, timing, a space, knowing where you are and how to get back home. If it took all day and now it's dark, you know, um, and how to care for people when they're hurt and nobody's around. Because you're, you know, miles and miles away from home. And and there's no technology to call. <laughs> so um, that's, a you know, that's, that's sort of what comes to mind first. I could go on and on, you know, through, you know, the years over my life talking about it. But um, I'm an island boy and I grew up with tranquility that I didn't understand. I, I grew up with freedom that I didn't really understand or appreciate. I grew up where I could just sit and, and I, I make up that there, there are folks here in this big land in the United States that grew up in, you know, on the plains or, you know, in the, in the mountains and they, you know, they found spaces where they could just be on, on a big, on a California coast, on a rock, looking out at the ocean and just looking at the horizon and watching the clouds and climbing trees and, you know, that's what comes to mind for me. Yeah. There's such a, a beauty and a grace to what you're describing. And I and I have to admit, I'm curious because you said you could go on, you know, almost, uh, uh, I'm imagining almost moment to moment. And, and pick a few, if you would, moments that you consider pivotal. As a boy? As a Growing boy, as a, as a teen, as a young man, yeah, whatever comes to mind, it's, it'll, it will all work, Neil. Mm-hmm. Well, hmm, where would I go? You know, when I was, I don't know how old I was, I might have been 14 or 13 or something like that. You know, I was an athlete. And we had this junior um, international competition uh, in the Caribbean called Carifta. It's a track and field competition between nations uh, for junior athletes. And I made my way onto the Bahamas national team and I competed for the Bahamas when I was a junior athlete in that way. Wow. And, And I mean, it's just, it was a really resonant experience to go with all your teammates and you you have your uniform and, you know, it's like a little mini Olympics in the Caribbean for young people. Um, 
and you really it's really a, a proud time and it's multi-sport it's i said track and field but there's swimming and there's cycling there's buck you know there's a lot of different um sports but i to keep the story fairly short you know i competed in triple jump and i remember getting the first gold medal for the bahamas um, at that particular Carifta games you know there were many more after that but i got the first one and it was a gold medal it was in trinidad and uh i remember standing on the first place box and the national anthem being played as a young boy in this huge stadium with all of these people and uh there was something about that i mean there was there was a was a proud moment because i was representing a nation mm. which had an identity and it was a place on the planet and it meant a lot to the country it meant a lot to the citizens and it was way bigger than i was but i had to i had to it was an honorable thing but you know it was my job to stand there and to receive that glory on behalf of a lot of people it wasn't just mine and so what it taught me is that you know i don't just represent myself i do represent myself but i, I represent a lot more than myself and it, it you know and it, it began to it was a, it was a moment that began to shape what i make up and i hold as a part of my identity it was an experience and i think experiences shape us in that way so that's then, one yeah well it's a, it, it, it's the what i'm struck by because you were 14 at the time yeah something like that might have been yeah. a little younger yeah wow well what what i'm struck by is the um and, and, and i have to ask you this in it because it sounds like you were aware of all of this in the in that moment and um that sounds um that sounds that sounds like extraordinary awareness for a 13 or 14 year old to to have so yeah i'm curious uh what 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 to what do you attribute that level of awareness at such at a really tender age you know i i don't think there was anything special about me you know and i have never had this conversation before but um i remember my teammates i remember my competitors and I remember even during the competition, a tremendous appreciation and respect for my competitors and a camaraderie that just grew during the course of the competition. And so they were there with me, you know, second and third, silver and bronze. And they were also having a, an experience on behalf of their nation. And so I, I think the context of it um, informs the body, informs the soul. You know, I don't have the credentials to speak um, 
at a level of global competition, like world championships or Olympics. But there's this combination of, you know, personal work that you've done. And it's so much more than that. And I imagine that someone that has credentials to speak at that level might have an experience that's similar but much grander. I don't think I'm special. I think I just occupied a role that represented something and you have no way of controlling what it means. It just comes to you and you you cannot not notice. Mm. It's bigger than you are. So, yeah, that the... And and so it was informing. It's it's not that I had this awareness. It's like it, it was as as if awareness and consciousness is a thing, mm-hmm. and it revealed itself to me in that moment. It it said, "Okay, now um, we are going to acquaint ourselves with you, <laughs> <laughs> whether you were aware of it or not." <laughs> Whether you are conscious or not, we are here, and this is what you need to hold right now. I hope you're enjoying this conversation between myself and Neil Edwards. Just a quick reminder, if you have not yet, please subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service. Let's get back into it. As you look back, how many similar experiences... I'm going to say before that, if any, did did you have? I guess, you know, scale matters, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, where I immediately go is I look for, you know, similar as in, you know, I was an athlete and I competed. So I had won things before, um, you know, more locally you know, at a school that would, we would call in the United States varsity. Right. And that's just more, you know, the school pride and, or there's ego or whatever I won, you know, it, 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 you know, you represent your school and that feels great. It's just a different scale and, and they all have an impact. And, and so, you know, just like I said, with somebody that's an Olympian, the degree of impact, the scale of it, um, just shifts. So I think there's a, I think there's a red thread there. And so I've had those, I had those, um, through sports, you know, primarily. Um, I remember I can go way, let me see, let me go way back. I remember something in, in, uh, in elementary school, I was in second grade. Right. And, And I won't get into details on it, but there was a question that the teacher asked, and you had to raise your hand to answer the question. And, you know, my classmates were all raising their hand. They were answering this question. I was really shy. I was quiet. It was very quiet. And I didn't want to answer, but I knew the answer from the beginning. Right. She was looking for a word. And I just happened to know the word. Um, you know, it was like an image on the, on the board or something like that. Um, and I eventually raise my hand, you know, like real slow, put my hand up and the teacher saw me because the teacher was getting a little frustrated and she was trying, you know, she needed somebody to get it right. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> because there was no reason that we shouldn't know this thing. Uh-huh. Anyway, I did. And I answered the question and, and the teacher really acknowledged me and complimented me and said, you know, Neil is very quiet um, and he's really one of the brightest kids in this class. And that acknowledgement, mm. I guess, you know, in second grade, a very young age, right? Um, I think it's similar to that. You call you said awareness or consciousness or something like that when I won the gold medal. It was also an acknowledgement. And you're in a public space and you just have to receive it. And, I, and so it's, it's moments like that where something happens that's resonant mm. and you're acknowledged and you have to receive it with humility. You, you know, you just, I don't know, for me, it was just always this, okay, I get to receive this. I need to receive it. Um, and there's really nothing I can do about it. It's sort of like, you know, if you ever seen a person who did something on stage or kid or something like that, they sang a song and they did a some, um, yeah, they did something on stage, you know, some skill, some talent, and then the crowd starts to clap or something like that at the end and they can't, and they can't get off of that stage fast enough. They run, they kind of do yeah. a quick nod and they tail it, they hightail it out of there, um, not being able to receive. So being able to receive what people are offering, I think, you know, I can think about a number of things like that, that I don't know, it, those are probably the biggest moments in, in my life where I was being given something and it was my job to receive it. And receiving is really hard for me. And, and from in, in the telling of it, you know what I'm particularly struck by, Neil, what, in the in the in your telling of it, is the the fact that there was a part of you that are many parts of you that had the that had the presence of mind, the presence of consciousness. I don't even know what to call it. Um, to 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 actually receive it instead of turning it away, instead of uh, you know averting your gaze, instead of no, but to really take it in, and you mentioned the, uh, you mentioned the body before, and I think so. I'm just going to go off on a tangent, and then I'll flip it back to you here, uh, because I know culturally, you know, where we, most of us are taught, you know, oh no, 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 not me. It kind of a kind of a false humility that that really ends up, I think, functioning in many ways more as a denial, you know. Uh, a, a turning away of the gift that's being offered, and uh, and again, what I'm struck by is there was a part of you that, in some way, shape, or form, knew that oh, this is my job in this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 said it. It's this gift that's being offered, and how dishonoring would it be not to to receive a gift from somebody? Yeah. They, you know, they're willingly and they want to give you this gift. And and the reality is, is they want to, yet it is also for them. It is it is also for them. And so uh-huh. you, you give the gift in return. 
and you receive you know you 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 know that's it, it lives in this world of gratefulness gratitude thankfulness and thanksgiving that's circular um and i i i guess maybe i knew that intuitively you know people get something out of giving mm -hmm. people get something out of living vicariously through others people get something out of it you know and uh, and maybe there's a healthy or not healthy or depends on how how you work with it maybe there's a bit of uh sometimes a a pleaser in there i have to i need to do this for them you know it's you know when i run now i I, I go on, on long runs sometimes or, and I could remember this in competitions when we do relays in, in track and field in the Bahamas um, as a young boy or just different, different sporting events. When you hear your family calling your name and cheering you on and they're saying go, Mm-hmm. You're not going for yourself anymore. You're going for them. You're giving them something. You know, when I run now and I go on a jog and I'm just exhausted, it was a long run or I was just, it was just a bad day. I wasn't at my best and I happened to have music on and I hear music from my native land uh, called Junkanoo music. When that music comes on, I run faster. I cannot not run faster. I don't care how tired I was or how broken I am. I go faster. I go harder. Mm -hmm. And I will sustain it. So, because it, 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 it's not about me. When I hear that now, it's sort of that whole identity my roots, where I'm from, you know, what, you know, I hear my family, I hear my country, I hear my friends. I, I notice just in all of the world that I can do more. Neil can do more than what Neil thinks mm. because he's always done that when other people are involved. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I allow myself, I guess, <laughs> to get a little tired and to tell myself I'm too tired, for example, <laughs> physically. But I know that that's not true. But I'm good at telling myself that lie. But when something else shows up, like you must, you know, when awareness and consciousness visit me, when acknowledgement visits me, when my family's voice visits me, when, when Native music visits upon me, it tell, it's telling me you're more than who you think you are and you don't just belong to yourself. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest, Neil Edwards, for this first part of our conversation. If you want to reach out to Neil, you can learn more about him on LinkedIn and you can find a link to reach him via email in the notes on this episode. I would also highly recommend checking out Neil's The Leadership Range podcast, and there's a link to that uh, on the, this program's notes as well.
And if you want to reach out to me, check out what I'm doing, which I invite you to do, please do visit my website, Cirrus, as in the cloud, C-I-R-R-U-S, leadership.com. Depending on when you're listening to this, my September 2021 I Am, that's the Integrated Adult Man Program, uh, is open for early registration if you're listening to this before the 24th of August of 2021. And if not, I still absolutely invite you to come by my website, see what I've got going on. You can sign up for my weekly writings there to receive those via email. And of course, there's a lot more going on. And with that, thank you so much for joining me here on Mojo for the Modern Man I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Be well and take care.